everyone. I'm Noelle LaCroix. And I'm Dr. Kelly Jones. And this is Orgasm, the podcast from Chipperish Media, where we reach for explosive inspiration. Each episode is a deep dive into a topic that sparks our creative energy, and we'll talk about that topic through our ideas framework. IDEAS is an acronym for identification, discovery, exploration, analysis, and synthesis. Today's orgasm looks at movies, but before we dim the lights and roll the film, let's bask in the afterglow from our last orgasm. All right, Kelly, so our last topic was books. What additional thoughts or feelings have you had since we got it on about books? <laughs> I love the idea of getting it on about books. (laughs) So I unpacked some more books and actually finished reading a couple, um, one of which I fell madly in love with. And I can't wait to read the next book in that series. But the biggest block for reading is time. And I realized that I've been judging myself because now it takes me so damn long to read a book. And that shit has to stop. Because there, <laughs> there is nothing wrong with going slow. And a dear friend of mine has an inspirational whiteboard on the wall of her office. And she keeps a list of the books she's read this year on that board. And I love that list because it's there on display as a visual reminder of her love for reading. And she doesn't judge herself for anything that is or is not on that list. It's just a celebration of what she's read. So I think I might copy off her paper and make a reading list to display somewhere in my apartment. I love that idea. I love the idea of having a running list somewhere posted for you to see Mm -hmm. and just kind of keep track of of what you're reading. And huh. Yeah. Yeah. So like I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of girl, but I'm like, it would be fun on January 1st to put up a board every year and just write down all the books I read. Like, I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, I wonder if that would inspire more reading, too, because it can be, I mean, at least for me, it's fun to add something to a list like that. Yeah, and I think, I think maybe I read more than I actually give myself credit for. I think that's probably true. (laughs) Yeah, because I mean, plus my memory is, well, gone. And so it would be kind of fun to, to just listen with no judgment and no criteria and Nothing. Like if it's a reread, it still counts and I'm going to put it on the list. And I just think it might be kind of fun. And to make the little list of reading very pretty. (laughs) So it can get very messy as the year goes on. (laughs) (laughs) I like that idea. I may join you in that. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you totally should. I may join you in that. Yeah. So I can't seem to make myself read the way I want to. Mm-hmm. I have a couple books on my nightstand, and I keep finding reasons not to read them. And partly, it's because it's almost never quiet in my house. And I have a really hard time reading if it's not quiet. Yeah. But I got The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin on CD. <laughs> and I've been listening to that in the car. So I'm giving myself credit for for listening to something. Yeah. Well, and I read that because you were reading it. Although I do love that you read it on CD. And I, I got it from Audible. So I just finished it. So see, if I had a list, I could add that to the There you go. You could start a list. You could start a list today. Yeah, I could. If I had anywhere to put it. But yeah. It'd be <laughs> so talk to us about why you chose movies for today's orgasm. 
Well, I chose movies for today's discussion really inspired by you and your relationship to books. I grew up just falling into movies and falling in love with movies. And movies could take me totally away from where I was and who I was. And it worked okay in the living room at home. Mm -hmm. My love of movies really coincided with the availability of VCRs and VHS <laughs> VHS tapes, which just dating myself here all over the place, but that's totally fine. But the best was in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, the dark, the enormous screen. It was a perfect escape, um, but it was also a kind of expanding. Going to the movies, certainly as a child, made me feel like anything was possible. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I feel like there's definite orgasmic potential. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we need like an AP scale. What is the (laughs) orgasmic potential for this topic? I think that's an 80% likely orgasm right there. We should go for it. (laughs) Well, that's going to vary so much, though, with personal experience. But I like that idea. Yeah, I think that's kind of funny. So do you want to kick us off with identification? Sure, I will start us with identification. So I was thinking initially about motion pictures, but Mm -hmm. you know, you could easily expand this to include video or, you know, even the little videos that we take on our phone, I feel like fall into the category of movies these days. But for the purposes of this podcast episode, I'm going to be talking mostly Maybe exclusively, actually, about motion pictures. Mm-hmm. Going to the movies was my favorite thing growing up. Easily my favorite thing. And watching the same movies over and over again was kind of a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason for that was we didn't have access to a whole lot of movies. So the ones that we had that I did like got a lot of <laughs> a lot of repetition. But there was also something deeply pleasurable about watching something I had seen lots of times before and really studying it and finding new details or meanings. So surprise, surprise, I grew up to study film and television. Oh, that's fantastic. No, and you see so much more in film and television than I do. And I don't know if that's your visual orientation or just the way that you watch how all those components come together. But I always learn something from you when looking at a visual Mm -hmm. media that I would never get on my own. I I remember the dialogue from movies and the soundtrack. (laughs) And Uh (laughs) I tend to think of movies in terms of soundtracks a lot. So it's, it's just so funny that everything is oral for me. Yeah. And, and I think maybe like the early emotions connected to a medium stay with us because I tried really hard to boil my feelings about books versus movies down to the bare bones and it sounded kind of ridiculous to me but books feel safe and movies don't and I think that may be because as a child my media was very very strictly controlled and I could sneak books and I could hide books Mm-hmm. And I could read like you couldn't hear what I was reading. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I couldn't I couldn't sneak a movie. And <laughs> when I went to the movies, like I had to report back about the plot. And like it was 
Like my parents mm. would double check and like even quiz me on something to make sure I had gone seeing what I said I was going to see. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. So until I grew up, it was really hard to watch, you know, anything I wanted. And like I could browse books in the bookstore or the library and find all kinds of things to read because I could read the first few pages. But you can't preview the first chapter of a movie. So I didn't really know even what I was looking for. And I had very little access to movies that were quote unquote made for me until I was like 17. So if the center of a Venn diagram of like movies I actually like, movies I was allowed to watch, and movies that my family likes, like that center would be tiny. Mm. So growing up, you know, my family liked Westerns and comedies and Guys Will Be Guys action movies and Rambo and Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and movies that just do not appeal to me. And I had to watch them and I didn't like them, you know, and then the stuff that I would have liked, I didn't really even know existed. So really, my favorite movies growing up were everything. It was really because of the music. So I love Disney movies because of the music. I did luck out with The Princess Bride because my mother likes it. And so I, <laughs> I was I was allowed to watch that and fall in love with it very young. The Wizard of Oz was the music for me. I did like Spaceballs because it made me laugh. But at the time, I had not seen Star Wars because my parents didn't like it. So Spaceballs was actually my first introduction to Star Wars. And I didn't understand that it was making fun of this huge other franchise oh that is fascinating so yeah so I came to the parody before I came to the real Star Wars and then Grease because we watched it every time I was at my cousin's house we watched that over and over and over again but then the guy that I dated my last two years of high school my first couple years of college he introduced me to movies like Mighty Python and the Holy Grail and Legends of the Fall and Clue and Casablanca and Young Frankenstein and he taught me how to browse the rental store. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, here is how you should actually look for movies at Blockbuster <laughs> and how to find movies that I liked. Mm-hmm. And so that was really cool. But even now that I can watch what I want and I know what I like, it's it's still harder for me to fall into story via a movie than a book. That is so fascinating to me because my, my experience of falling into a story is exactly opposite. Uh-huh. I struggle so hard to fall, really fall into a book, especially a fiction book. Mm-hmm. But a movie, I'm like, there for it right away. <laughs> but I I definitely identify with what you said about not being able to sneak a movie. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. There was much um, clever timing of watching things when I was growing <laughs> up based on when parents were going to be home. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't even anything particularly, oh, risque. (laughs) It was just that I often wanted to watch the same things over and over again. And um, that's not something that that was always appreciated. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, that again, kind of kind of a response Mm -hmm. to that so yeah yeah Yeah, I do I do watch the same movies over and over again and in fact the dozen or so that I have memorized I like to have one in the background if I'm doing something else like unpacking 
many boxes <laughs> and I'll put it on. But I, I don't think I'll just sit and rewatch something over and over again. But the first time, like, I remember breaking the I will get in big trouble if someone sees what's on my television rule mm-hmm. was to watch MTV. Oh. So it wasn't for it wasn't for the movies, but I I had to watch that music. Like I needed to see the videos, and and I did get caught, and I did get in a lot of trouble, and I did not care. It was totally worth it. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was my first rebellion against the TV rule. That's fantastic. Yeah, but I love that you had that whole lifetime love of movies. I think it's wonderful. Oh yeah, yeah. So, which has actually, it's actually shifted quite a lot fairly recently, Mm -hmm. I'm tempted to say, but that brings us into discovery because I went into this topic really wondering what changed for me. And I ended up thinking about movies kind of autobiographically. Uh (laughs) I have such fond memories of going to the movies and watching movies at home as a child, as a teenager and in college and Movie outings were a semi-frequent date when I was first married, Uh, even when we had no money. We somehow would make it work so that we had what we needed to go see a movie in the theater. Mm -hmm. But at some point, I stopped looking forward to going to the movies. I stopped caring about what was coming to theaters. I stopped being interested in seeing what was coming out. And It's, I mean, it was with a lot of sadness that I realized that I don't care nearly as much about movies as I used to. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, every now and then I'll find one that really grabs me, but seeing movies, especially new ones, isn't high on my priorities list right now. And I wonder if that's a joy that I can get back Mm -hmm. or if that ship has sailed. Is some of the awe and wonder at the movie's because they gave me access to people and places that I couldn't access as a younger person. And now I have more immediate access to those people and places and things in my, you know, my actual life. So I don't need that experience. I mean, I don't I don't think that is the entire truth. But it was it was interesting and sad to realize that this thing that used to bring me just a lot of joy and excitement, I don't really have as a part of my life anymore. Oh, yeah, that makes me sad on your behalf. But but maybe part of it is time. I mean, when you have to schedule childcare or, you know, like arrangements or think about everything that has to be done. And then there's also other things you want to do. Mm hmm then it can get to be just a lower and lower priority where maybe it feels like it's too much trouble. And then that takes away from the enjoyment because you have to think about, you know, everything that has to be done in order to go see a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I definitely hope that you can find that joy again. I'll see what I can do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it, as usual, it seems to be the opposite for me. I enjoy movies a lot more now than when I was younger. But unlike books, movies are usually gateways purely for entertainment. And many movies will entertain me. Some will even delight me. Very few movies can move me. And unlike books, I do think of movies primarily as fun, even if they're sad or scary or whatever. Quoting movies is fun. Like, I love quoting movies. I love it when someone quotes a movie and I know what movie it came from. And cheering and laughing with an audience is fun. 
snuggling in and watching a good movie with someone is fun too. But I have watched so many movies that I do not like, and Mm -hmm. it makes me feel stuck. And I don't have much tolerance for that now. So I like watching movies in the theater because I like the trailers. But that's about it. Because I really like watching movies at home because you can hit pause and talk without bothering (laughs) anybody else. I think it may be physically impossible for me to be quiet for two and a half hours. So (laughs) that may be part of it. I don't know. (laughs) And, And in the last year and a half or so, I have discovered that it's really fun to live tweet a movie with friends. And like... I didn't even know that was a thing before I started podcasting, Um, but I do enjoy it. And so I realized that maybe movies are much more social for me than books. Mm -hmm. And books Mm -hmm. tend to be solitary, even though I'll talk about them with people. But the act of reading is a solitary act. Whereas when I think of movies, I think about watching a movie with someone, which is something I didn't realize before I wrote the script. Yeah, it's funny. That's something that I hit on um, when I got to exploration, which I guess moves us into exploration. But I realized the movies that I remember most vividly or loving most intensely fall into two categories. And one of those is movies that connected me to other people Mm -hmm. in some way. So, you know, movies that I remember seeing with a particular person or a group of people. But there's also so so one of the categories is movies that that connect me to other people and then the other category was movies that connected me to myself and my own mm-hmm. experience and the the movies that i think most fondly of i think by and large are movies i saw with people i care about mhm or movies where the experience around the movie was as memorable as the movie itself. So, you know, like being in a new city with someone and walking to the theater and, you know, navigating that whole, you know, the choosing a movie and the time and that whole experience. Or just, I mean, when I was growing up, from the time I was about... Oh, eight years old. Mm-hmm. My family lived walking distance from several movie theaters. Oh, and, cool. Uh, yeah. And my, my dad was my movie going buddy for a long time. And we would walk to the theater to see a movie and then walk home and talk about it on the way. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. And I still I still love walking places. That's just <laughs> there's something about that, especially with, you know, if you're going to see a movie or a show or something, having a walk afterwards during which to discuss <laughs> is a lot of fun. <laughs> but other movies that are that I would call favorite movies are movies that showed me something about myself and my psyche. Mm-hmm. Movies that made me think, oh, I know that feeling, or I know that relationship, or I know that person, or I've done that thing. <laughs> um, those are just, I mean, that is always such a magical experience to see your story reflected somewhere else in someone else's story, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. I mean, I have this theory that all fiction is really nonfiction, even the most out there fiction, Mm -hmm. because somebody had to 
you know, in order to write a space opera <laughs> about, you know, 17 different species at war or, you know, whatever, what have you, somebody had to have an experience that inspired them to think, what would it be like if this happened? Huh. So in my mind, all fiction, all, sto- all stories are nonfiction to one degree or another. Interesting. But... Also in that same category of, of movies that showed me something about myself, favorite movies, could be movies that showed me glimmers of what my future could be, mm-hmm. where maybe I didn't have the kind of clarity or courage or friendship that I was seeing on screen. But here was a map of what that might look like, obviously with the the filter, right, of, yeah. you know, a neat story that probably wraps up at the end but Mm -hmm. still no so it sounds to me like your favorite kind of movies give you either insight or hope Hmm. like this this is something I know or this is how this could be or maybe insight and possibility yes and or catharsis Ah. (laughs) there are certain there are several movies many of my favorite movies are very, very dark mm-hmm. and reflect maybe darker experiences than I have had externally, mm-hmm. but are a great summation of kind of how things have been in the past for me in terms of my mental health. Yeah. So seeing that kind of darkness play out, you know, physically, visually embodied by these characters. Mm-hmm. Is really is really powerful for me. No, that makes total sense to me because I do that in fiction. Mm-hmm. I, I go to a lot of dark fiction when I read. I don't tend to do that in movies. It's much more difficult for me to watch something violent or dark or really scary when it's in a visual format. Mm-hmm. But I read some dark shit and so it sounds like like maybe whichever story vehicle has the strongest emotional connection is the one where you can explore some of those dark stories like that's really interesting that you go to that for in movies and I go to that in books yeah yeah I also go to movies for the the release of laughter also Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like I know there are there are movies or bits of movies that I can go to if mm-hmm. I need to just really let loose and laugh. <laughs> so that's that's part of it too. But it's definitely there's definitely an emotional response component. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> but I didn't actually get around to watching a movie over the past <laughs> couple of weeks, which, you know, if I had thought about this Kind of would have made sense for me to do. I don't know. What are you staying busy watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer for your still pretty podcast or something? What? 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 (laughs) I know it's so weird now that I podcast about shows and stories that, like, (laughs) the last time I went to a movie in the theater, my friend who was with me, she was like, what are you typing on your phone? And I'm like, I'm taking notes. And she's like, Kelly, you are not podcasting about this one. You don't have to take notes. And I was like, oh, yeah. 
I love that. I, I had just that. gotten in the habit of taking notes when I'm watching something. <laughs> so it was kind of funny. Oh, that's fantastic. And I did watch a movie this week, courtesy of the same friend who has the reading list on her wall. And we watched Wild, based on the book by Cheryl Strayed, which was the latest book that my friend had finished, so she wanted to watch the movie. I had not read the book, but I'd heard great things about it. That movie was fantastic, and Reese Witherspoon was a freaking badass in it, and I loved it. It was fantastic. So um, we did pause many times to discuss points. (laughs) And that was fun. I loved that book. And she poured me a glass of wine and made me popcorn. So I'm just saying, fun was had. All right. (laughs) That's clearly (laughs) the way to do this. I mean, right? Wait a minute. Maybe that's what's been missing for me. Maybe. (laughs) Wine and popcorn. Wine and popcorn. What wine pairs with popcorn? Well, I like white wine, so I had a sweet white wine with mine. I don't know what technically pairs with popcorn, and I don't care because I thought it was fabulous. Someone in our chipperish community knows. we. I know we have at least <laughs> one sommelier who will tell me <laughs> what wine pairs with movie popcorn. I am a very simple girl. You make me popcorn, <laughs> and you pour my wine, and I'm not going to ask, or I'm just going to say thank you and yes, please. Like, I'm good to go. <laughs> But it was fun. But I did notice that, like, pausing and talking about it in different parts, like, that added to the fun for me. And I'm sure that that drives some movie watchers crazy. But I liked it. So it was just kind of kind of funny to think about that in terms of this episode. And then I, I tried to think about the movies I love and try to figure out what they had in common. And I have tried to do this before, like, in writing mode. You know, what is this genre? Or why do I love what I love? And technically, that's a form of analysis, but I put it in our exploration section because of the whole why do I love what I love puzzle that I'm trying to explore. So I know I love musicals because singing and dancing are awesome. Oh, yeah. That was it. All right. But then I made a list and (laughs) of, of, of the movies like these are movies I own can either entirely or partially recite and have seen multiple times. And I'm the most likely to just put something on. Like if I want something on in the background or if I just want to curl up and watch something. I I cannot find any commonality through these whatsoever. But here's my list. So I have The Princess Bride, Aladdin, My Blue Heaven, Little Shop of Horrors, Romancing the Stone, Ever After, About Time, Shakespeare in Love, The Matrix, Rocky Horror, Veronica Mars, Twister, my Cousin Vinny, Practical Magic, The Mummy, Immortal Beloved, Dead Poet Society, Chocolat, Now You See Me, Wonder Boys, The Devil Wears Prada, Paul, The Avengers, and When Harry Met Sally. I have no freaking clue why I love all these movies, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could you could break those down into categories and then figure, I bet there's something they all have in common. Maybe. Like if, that would, I mean, yeah. it would be a really fun project. Um, to do I couldn't even project. begin to think about how to well I mean actually I didn't let myself because I would have spent like 15 hours right doing right that. <laughs> yeah and part of the reason I didn't make a list although now I really really want to is like what I I knew that I would fall down the rabbit hole of like what do these all have in common and why uh-huh. do I like you know and like yeah 
off the top of my head, a lot of the movies I like are about kind of women's internal experiences and what, like, they're really, like, deep POV type things. Uh (laughs) So, hmm. Hmm. All right, now, I showed you mine. I think you should show me some of yours. Do you have a few favorites off the top of your head? A few favorites off the top of my head. Um, If I have to pick, if somebody, like, holds me down and insists that I pick a favorite movie, my favorite (laughs) movie is Ex Machina. Uh I absolutely love that movie. And I tried for the longest time to figure out who the protagonist was and, you know, (laughs) when all how story works on it. And I think I've got it. I think it's two stories that overlap in the middle and one ends and then the other one begins. But anyway, doesn't matter. (laughs) Ex Machina is one of my favorites. I love, oh gosh, Lucy, secretary, but I'm a cheerleader. (laughs) Um, Ghostbusters answer the call. That one got so much hatred, and I i mean, it's a bit of a mess in a lot of ways, but damn. <laughs> I enjoyed it. The academic humor was funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Let's see. Oh, there's a ton, and of course I'm blinking because I don't have... Well, I know you love Black Swan. I love Black Swan. Holy mm-hmm. shit, do I love Black Swan. Black Swan, <laughs> Away We Go, um, Ball of Fire, The Lady Eve, His Girl Friday, so the only one on that whole list that I have seen other than Ghostbusters is Lucy. And I watched that one because you told me to. I haven't seen any of your others at all. <laughs> I have no points of reference. <laughs> huh. I've seen maybe maybe half of your list. Mm-hmm. Maybe half. Although, I am I am sorry to tell you, there are a couple of movies on that list that I hate oh which ones do you hate the most Shakespeare in Love I loathe that movie I, I hated it the first it. time I saw it I hated it so much and then I fell madly in love with it and now I, I adore it hate <laughs> that movie hate that movie <laughs> that's all right baby hate what you hate you're good it's <laughs> so very chipperish of you <laughs> love to hate what you hate there you go there you go (laughs) and I don't you know I don't get super invested in you know some people some people seem to take a lot of pleasure in ripping to shreds something that you know that they don't like and I'm like what is the point yeah I don't I don't do that either and I don't don't get really I guess I don't get overly invested in those movies, like if you said, I hate Shakespeare in Love, I'm not going to be like, well, we're done. Um, <laughs> although, although I, I did, I did break up with a guy over The Princess Bride because there really? are, yes, there are some lines. Like, that is funny. <laughs> there are some lines that cannot be crossed. Oh and my gosh. That was one, but that yeah. is funny. <laughs> So, you want to move Yo. us into analysis? Do you like my segues where I just say, hey, Noel, move us to the next part? <laughs> hey, whatever works. <laughs> so, analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I love this thing? Why? Why? Why do I love movies? Complete and total removal from my everyday life, maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love, I do love how powerful movies can be when they hit you just right. Mm-hmm. I came home recently to my kids having watched The NeverEnding Story, which oh, is another one of those favorite movies. Yeah, that's a good one. And somehow they were not completely destroyed by it. Really? I haven't watched that movie. Yes, I haven't watched that movie in years. And I can still cry just thinking about Artex drowning in the swamp of sadness. I mean, <laughs> come on. When I think of The Never Ending Story, I just remember the movie always makes me feel like I could fly. And I associate <laughs> that feeling with that movie. But yes. I haven't seen it in probably 30 years. So, Yeah, I haven't watched it all the way through in a very long time. And I have no idea if it holds up. Mm-hmm. I, But I adored that movie yeah, as a child. That was I one of too. the That was one of the few that was watched on repeat. That one... Um, the Witches, The mm. Adams Family. <laughs> I've never seen The Witches. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's, I mean, here we go. Like, it's fantastic in my memory. Uh-huh. And I, I'm hesitant to go back and watch some of the movies that are fantastic in my memory because I wonder how much the fantasticness, fanta- <laughs> fantasticness of them is informed by childhood. I don't know. Yeah. But I do love how the power of a movie can change depending on where you are in your life and what okay. your experiences are. Because we bring ourselves to the movies right? and to any other media that we engage with. I mean, I will always be looking at a story through the filter of my own experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I like to think about for our analysis section is how this topic relates to my perception of myself. And that's usually an interesting and crunchy question, but with movies, it's especially deep and meaningful for me because I thought for a very long time that I was going to make movies. Mm. Visual storytelling just felt like magic to me, and I wanted to be a part of that in some way. And then I had a teacher in high school show me that I could analyze film the way that I was learning to analyze literature. And he taught me that movies could be broken down into these meaningful parts that would give us further textual and subtextual understanding of the story. And I was just a goner. (laughs) That was that was the end of it for me, because I have never watched a movie in the same way since. And that was what inspired me to study film in college and beyond. Mm -hmm. But I never did as much with filmmaking or film scholarship as I thought I would. And for a long time, I had a lot of shame about that. Yeah. And I've since let go of that shame because it was based on old expectations and ideas that were maybe not so right for me. Uh, But it definitely seemed worth mentioning in the context of orgasm and movies and and my relationship to the topic no I think that that's very important and and you are like I love the fact that you're doing visual analysis on a podcast about a television show now even though you're sitting there (laughs) saying oh I I didn't end up doing any of this work uh yeah you did (laughs) oh yeah I mean but certainly not in the way that you know right I thought I was gonna do it I thought I was Mm -hmm. gonna go to school for you know television you know movie and television production or film theory or so or both and make really like i don't know make really obnoxious arty films about 
women's deep insides. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It is very funny to me, by the way, that I wanted to be a filmmaker when I didn't have a whole lot of really dramatic stories to tell that a lot of <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the dramatic and dare I say cinematic things that have happened to me in my life happened after mm-hmm. I changed courses yeah. <laughs> um, with my life and stopped thinking in terms of writing screenplays or creating visual storytelling. I, I just think that's funny. Well, I mean, it's never too late. No, it never is. You know. No. You can no, it's never too late. To but No, it cracks me up to think when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress. Like, I thought it would be fun to be in a movie, but never... I don't know. I never fell into them the way that you did. So (laughs) maybe it was just one of those like, okay, everybody looks like they're having a lot of fun. I want to go in there and be part of it and not sit here and watch. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a similar impulse though. Like I wanted to create the thing and I certainly would have acted Mm -hmm. given the opportunity. I've actually done a a very, very small bit of acting. But no, I just, I wanted to be part of the whole process. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I think it's great. Well, and I, I think for for me, like my aha analysis was realizing that movies have really become social experiences for me, uh, which might explain why I'm so reluctant to watch a movie when I'm home alone. Because I, I kept mm. wondering, like, there's these movies I want to watch I now kind of sometimes occasionally have time and I still usually don't watch mm-hmm. them. When the movie and the company are good, it's fun. And when they aren't, I feel stuck. And so, oh, it's just, yeah. you know, <laughs> but it's also really funny because, and I'm sure I am far from the first person to realize this. I might be the last person to have figured this out, but the old dinner and a movie date formula is better in reverse. Yes. Movie Mm -hmm. first and then dinner so you can discuss the movie that you just watched. It took Mm -hmm. me a long time to figure that out. And and I have had entirely too many first kisses at a movie theater. And so that is now on my list of no more things. (laughs) (laughs) No more. Not doing that again. Like, it's just, you know. I have many follow-up questions, but I will save those for after we're done recording. (laughs) It just seems to happen a lot. And so I'm like, no, I don't. That, I'm done with that. And so, but the, the shame aspect of analysis was also interesting and challenging to think about. Uh, like my family always criticizes my taste in movies. Like a preview, like say we're all watching TV or something and a preview for a movie will come on. Mm-hmm. And someone will say, well, this looks stupid or that looks really liberal or feminist or weird. And then they'll all look at me and they'll be like, that might be your kind of movie, Kelly. <laughs> and now it's just funny. Yeah. But it makes me really sad that my son does not like the movies I like and I don't like the movies he likes. And he never sat still for a movie when he was younger anyway. So we don't mm. enjoy watching movies together. And I wish we did, but we don't. And then as an adult, as a established, distinguished PhD or whatever, <laughs> I... 
don't I sound super professional when I podcast? Um, I have been criticized or questioned for not having more sophisticated taste in movies. And and it's funny because I am, in both training and temperament, a scholar. I will tackle hundreds of pages of text to find answers or learn a theory or study or write a lit review. I will cross-check citations. I will trace sources, like, for the pure joy of learning something new. And I can be a total academic snob when it comes to research methodology and critical thinking, but I don't have high art taste in movies and probably never will and don't particularly want to. So I'm really okay with that. But it does crack me up that like people getting to know me for the first time are often surprised by my juvenile taste in movies. <laughs> like, well, oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, and this is something that I got very, very tired of in academic spaces, you know, vis-a-vis mm-hmm. film. It was like, well, we're not going to do, you know, why would why would you want to do a scholarly analysis of, you know, Ghostbusters answer the call? Not that I ever did that, but I'm <laughs> thinking about writing something. You know, and this like, oh, well, and if you haven't seen X, Y, and Z, or you don't know so-and-so, or you haven't read. Now, I am, I will sign off on the idea of, you know, needing to see or read things because they're part of the history that you're studying. You know, like you need to know the rules before you can break the rules, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But, you know, to, to... Give somebody attitude about their taste. I mean, provided their taste isn't based on like being a Nazi. (laughs) Yes. As long as your taste in movies is not like, I really like this one because all the women get killed. You know, like that's, (laughs) I think there's something valid in most, mo. I want to say most media that we might engage with. Well, it's that age old battle or looking down on popular culture right and I I mean hell I studied popular culture like that was my thing so I'm very much at home there but I just remember being surprised that like even people who had known me for a long time suddenly expected my taste in movies to change because I got a graduate degree and I was like Oh, that's very strange. I didn't study film. Like, yeah, I was gonna say you're not a. In fact, (laughs) my um my my PhD cohort. So we all pretty much cut out all social lives, television, movies, everything when we were working on our PhDs. But (laughs) at the end of every semester, we would go to the theater together to see one movie, and it's really one of those where the social experience was better than the actual movie. Sure. Um, So, like, we all went to see Superman. When it came out. And the joke of that was, like, the first time we see Superman, he, like, comes up out of the ocean. Uh-huh. The man is very pretty. Okay? I'm just saying. Yes. And I am a very shallow girl. Yeah. Sorry. This is the new one, yes, right? This the new is the one. new. Okay. Yes. And Joshua Unruh, if you're listening to this, I apologize because I don't have any of my facts about this straight whatsoever. <laughs> but when that dude came up out of that water, and my reaction was verbal... And that is what everyone still remembers about going to see Superman as a group. So <laughs> this is the the same group of scholars who took me to see Magic Mike. Like, 
That was our idea of a good time at the end of the semester. <laughs> and I loved it. Like, I loved going to see those movies with them. So I will have additional follow-up questions. <laughs> I'm so happy to entertain you. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. Does that, am I, am I taking us into synthesis? Because yes. I kind of feel like we're there already. I, I All kind right. of feel like I moved us there without announcing it, so I'm sorry. It was so nice. <laughs> I, just, I love the, yeah. It was so smooth. I love your transitions. Um, So I think, I think the last movie I watched was Ocean's 8. And I saw that twice in the theater, once on a date and the second time with my oldest child, who is 10, and would probably never have asked to see that movie, but loved it oh my god it was so good my 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 kiddo my my oldest is at the point where they are very uh newly critical (laughs) they're Uh like a new a new film scholar Mm -hmm. and are figuring all of that out but was still they were still just totally taken by all of the drama and the are they gonna make it and is it gonna be okay kind of and it's so much fun it is so much fun watching someone else learn to read a film text in the way that I just do you know automatically now but I haven't felt like I had the time or the inclination to go to the movie since I mean there were a couple of movies that have come out since then that I thought sort of vaguely, oh, I'd like to see that. But then I never, I never carved out that time. Mm-hmm. And I know the budget is also a factor. I mean, a $10 movie ticket isn't even close to a life changing amount of money for me. But I can think of about 75 other uses for $10 right now. Oh, yeah. Plus, like, I don't know about you, but in my head, because when I started going to the movies by myself, it was $4.25. And and I feel like I feel old. Like, I feel like Angel from, you know, from Still Dead being like, what? $10 for a movie ticket? Yeah. But Ocean's 8 was a great use of 20 bucks. I'm glad you got to see it twice. Yes. Yeah, it was that was a lot of fun. And again, and I'm sitting here and like my my mind is worrying because I'm like, well, and this was problematic about it. And, that was, <laughs> and this was interesting. And I wonder why, you know, but it's like it was also just really entertaining. And it was a lot of fun to be there with my kid. Yeah. You know, getting super excited about this heist. Now, see, if you live closer, I would be dragging you to see a star is born right now. Oh, God. Yeah. Because I really want to see that. I want to see that one, too. Yeah. But yeah. And but then, of course, you know, I would want to go back and like watch all of the the previous stars is born. All of the previous incarnations, because that's a that's a remake. Yeah. Like so many things are right now. Yeah. I want to see something deep and profound about what that says about us as a society and a culture and someone is doing that scholarly writing right now Mm -hmm. but it doesn't I don't know there are plenty of movies that I would like to see that I haven't that I can get for no money from the library Mm -hmm. so then it becomes a matter of carving out the time and deciding that it's worth it to take the time to watch a movie yep that really doesn't seem like it should be difficult does it (laughs) it it does for me I mean, for some reason, the idea of finding a movie, making time to watch it, and actually watching it seems ridiculously difficult to me. Mm-hmm. 
I feel fairly confident that I know how to find movies that I'll enjoy, but stirring up the momentum to actually watch them feels really hard. And after all this reflection, I'm still not sure where that difficulty comes from. Yeah. And I don't know the answer to that, but I share that space with you. So I was thinking about this in terms of self-care, which was also Mm -hmm. interesting and challenging. And there's a big gap in my experience of movies because I have missed so damn many. Right. So my son was born on my 21st birthday. So like all the movies I watched for the next 12 years were kid movies. And on the rare occasion that I left him at home to go somewhere other than work or class, I went to the bookstore. (laughs) So like (laughs) that was an easy choice. And then when I did go to the movies when he was young, it was always because of friends who loved me and were like, okay, you have to go see this. And they would come and get me and take me. And that was how I saw like the Matrix movies and the Lord of the Ring movies. But I didn't see a whole lot for like over a decade. And then in graduate school, I cut out almost all movies and television so I could have time to study, you know. And then when I finished my dissertation, I binge watched Doctor Who and Buffy and Angel and Firefly. And I've been watching a lot more television which I don't know is that great because it also takes up a lot of time, Mm -hmm. but I'm still way behind on movies. So, but I do have a friend here who is like my movie buddy and she will go to see anything I want, except half the time I forget what's playing or I will (laughs) like, I'll hear about a movie and I'll be like, that sounds awesome. And then I'll totally forget about it. But she makes sure I get to all the Marvel and Star Wars movies now. And I greatly appreciate that. And I have a friend who has like a magical gift for picking out movies that I love, like Labyrinth and Big Hero 6 and The Librarian. But it takes me forever to actually watch anything he recommends. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why. And like with you, there's just this resistance to making the time and actually watching a movie. And I don't know where that comes from. And so I don't know, are movies a form of self-care that I don't give enough time to? Or do I just not enjoy the experience enough to make time for it? Because I seem to resist movies when I especially could probably use one. And I have no idea what that's about. So for next steps, I'd like to watch movies that I haven't seen instead of rewatching the ones that I know I like. Mm-hmm. And so I might need a list. <laughs> yeah, Or like need to actually make a list of the tons of movies that people have recommended that I haven't watched. <laughs> yeah yeah i have a super long list of things that i want to watch yeah um or things that people have recommended to me mm-hmm. and i just i am realizing now as i'm saying it that i need to pare that list down because i, I have a couple of people in my life who are basically 100 percent spot on in terms of recommending things that mm-hmm. i will enjoy you know I have a couple friends who say you need to see this and I go oh okay and then I go and (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) but yeah I mean I think that I still have the sense of obligation Mm -hmm. um to movies like I feel like I should be seeing everything that comes out whether or not I actually want to (laughs) that that idea needs to go Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, I don't know. I think a list is a good idea. Maybe we'll make a list. Maybe we'll keep it really small, like five movies we'll watch before the end of the year or something. Oh, well, there's only, but there's only like, what, 
Like as we're recording, there's only two months left in the okay, year. Okay, three movies. <laughs> <laughs> three movies that we'll watch with wine and popcorn uh, before the end of the okay. year. Okay, yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. So what is your favorite part about movies? Oh, my gosh. I love seeing something new in a movie um, I've seen lots of times before. That is mm. that is among my favorite experiences. Full stop. And I love the discussion. Mm-hmm. I love, I love discussing a movie with somebody who is, who is equally nerdy about movies, you know, so that we're sitting there going, when character X says this, what do you think that was about? And, you know, what do you think? Why is it that she's wearing a white dress at the end? What does it mean? You know, I love that. I love movies that feel like puzzles, Mm -hmm. not because they're mysteries, but because they're so carefully crafted that, you know, even the tiniest choices are meaningful. Oh, I love that. That's fantastic. So what's your favorite part? <laughs> uh, for me, it was a tie. So one of my favorite parts is laughing because movies do make me laugh more than books. And and I don't necessarily mean in comedies because usually something described purely as a comedy I'm not going to like. But the movies that make me laugh really make me laugh, especially if they can make me laugh on rewatch. Then I love that. Yes. And then mm-hmm. the shared experience of movie quotes of quoting movies. I just love the communion of that. It it delights me. I love that. Yep. So any spontaneous orgasm this week? Not yet. But mm-hmm. but because of the timing of the world and the calendar in which we follow and the political chaotic destruction in which we live, we have orgasmic potential at the polls next week. If everybody goes to vote. So I am asking for an audience induced orgasm at the polls. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody go vote and help me get there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what do we have for anticipation? Now, well, what are we well, going to talk about next? From motion pictures to our bodies in motion. Our next topic will be movement, which is a word that I prefer to exercise uh, because it encompasses a broader range of motion, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I'm also really afraid that Kelly will be mad at me for this one. No. Well, first of all, you wrap it in such beautiful wordplay. How (laughs) can I possibly get mad about that? (laughs) It will be a vulnerable episode. But I think you have a surprise in mind to to make it more fun, right? Yes. uh, I may may be sweetening the deal Mm -hmm. by bringing in another person for us to play with. (laughs) So we're going to have our first orgasm threesome with a very special guest that you will get to meet on our next episode. Yes. All right. Fantastic. So to connect with us on Twitter and Instagram, follow Noelle at Noelle Aloud and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag orgasm. You can also go a little deeper by visiting the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum and join in the discussion. Like all Chipperish media podcasts, orgasm is 100% patron supported and we really appreciate your support. 
Just a dollar a month or whatever you can afford to throw in our direction gets you access to the live chipperish patron chat in Discord, which is like Twitter without the character limits and mansplaining strangers. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way to support the show and help other people find us. Or post about your orgasmic experience on your favorite social media platforms. Explosive inspiration is best when shared with friends. So, so true. We will be back next time to talk about movement. Until then, remember to vote on Tuesday, November 6th. Especially you folks aged 18 to 25, there are more of you than there are of them. So vote them out. Amen. I'll leave you with the words of director Ava DuVernay. The best art is realized when you can share the experience of making of it and not just the presentation of it so that the audience is part of the creation and not just part of the consumption. Then it becomes much more full-bodied and robust. <laughs>